0: Well good morning, it really is great to share with you today and before we look at all in I wanted to just say that for many of us if not all of us this has been a hard week hasn't it and it could be you're a teacher or an NHS worker and the challenges and the stresses around your job are just huge at the moment and we want to empathise with that as much as we can. It could be the economy or your personal finances or job situation, it could be your mental health, it could be like us, that you have to homeschool again and you love your children, but you can have too much of a good thing, right? But we recognise that it's a time in many ways to lament and to bring our hurts and pains and challenges to God. Psalm 63 says that we are to cling to God. And I love that verse, that we are to cling to him in a time where there's so much upheaval and challenge. We cling to God. As children, when they fall over, so often what they do is they run to their parents and their parent put their arms around the child and as they do that, the child often cries and sobs more than when they initially went to the parent and what happens is that they're getting rid of the pain and the hurt and the frustration and feeling safe and secure in the arms of their parent and it's right that we do that, it's right that we go to God with our hurts, our angers, our frustrations, he's big enough to carry those and hear those and he wants to hear our pains and sorrows and then he comforts us puts his arms around us and then sends us out so do go to God and bring him your sorrows and your hurts and your pains and frustrations he wants to hear your cries of your heart but we also I think as we look at all in this morning recognize that there's actually healing and strength as we look beyond ourselves as hard as that can be at times we want to consider what it means to be all in at central to love this city to be family and to follow Jesus and as we think about what it means to commit to central, to commit to following Jesus as part of this church, it's a challenge really to be all in. And there's quite a high bar at times, but we believe that the more you put in, the more you get out, which is so often the case in life. So we're going to talk over the next few weeks about what it is to be all in and to bring hope, to be a hope builder in this city. I'm going to read from Nehemiah 1, verse 3b to 4, and then also from Nehemiah 2, 11 to 18. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates have been burned with fire. When I heard these things, I sat down and wept. For some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. I went to Jerusalem and after staying there three days, I set out during the night with a few others. I had not told anyone what my God had put in my heart to do for Jerusalem. There were no mounts with me except for one I was riding on. By night I went out through the valley gate towards the jackal and the dung gate examining the walls of jerusalem which had been broken down and its gates which had been destroyed by fire then i moved on toward a fountain gate in the king's pool but there was not enough room for my mount to get through so i went up the valley by night examining the wall finally i turned back and re-entered through the valley gate the officials did not know where i had gone or what i was doing because as yet i had said nothing to the jews or the priests or nobles or officials or any others who would be doing the work then I said to them, you see the trouble we are in Jerusalem lies in ruins and its gates have been burned with fire. Come, let us rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. and We will no longer be in disgrace. I also told them about the gracious hand of my God on me and what the king had said to me. They replied, let us start rebuilding. So they began the good work. Jerusalem, God's spiritual home, was in ruins. The temple walls were broken, spiritual, moral and economic decay. There was poverty, there was challenge, there was hurt and brokenness. There was also insecurity as folk looked to the brokenness of the walls and the needs within the city. There was a real sense of hopelessness. We see that the first thing that Nehemiah did was mourned and prayed and fasted and wept. Before he did anything else, he prayed And he fasted. This week we're going into a week of prayer and fasting and we truly believe that more important than anything else we can do is to depend on God and to bring our requests and our church and our city and our nation before God in prayer. In the membership document that you receive via email, it says that above and beyond anything else, what we want from one another is to be people of prayer. This might be new to you to pray and fast. We'd encourage you to consider what does it mean this week to pray and fast, to pray for the leadership, to pray for our city, to pray for the church, to pray for those who don't know Jesus, to pray for one another. And the document we send you will give some tips about how to get started, perhaps a social media fast or what a Daniel fast is, or perhaps you're new to praying, but even just praying for a couple of minutes a day would be a hugely positive and fruitful thing. If you hear nothing else through All In, hear that we want to be a people of prayer because everything we do depends on God. Not the latest model, strategy, book, but depends on prayer, depends on intimacy with him. Kenny Roy, the legend, and I went up Blackford Hill to pray over our city to pray for Edinburgh. And if i'm honest i'm never quite sure how you do that because i'm never quite sure what you're praying for and i'm never quite sure how you know if your prayers have been answered i'm not sure you should know that but it's hard to sort of quantify and qualify whether your prayers have been heard but we prayed and within the next two weeks we saw project pants launched we saw the buses have the cap campaign on we saw edinburgh news have two articles about the ministries associated with central it was amazing to see how god heard our cries, heard our prayers and saw very tangible ways of him impacting the city and working through our prayers. We first, before we do anything else, have to turn to Jesus, the sword of hope. If we want to bring his hope, we have to turn to him and bring our prayers of hope to him. It says in the passage that we read that the favor of God was on Nehemiah as he met the king. It says that the gracious hand of God was on him. He said that, I understand that I'm carrying the grace of God, that surely came from a place of prayer, a place of dependence on God. The first thing we have to do is pray. We have to get on our knees metaphorically or practically and pray. We have to depend on God. And then he prays and then he responds and went to see for himself. He didn't tell anyone at first. That could be because he didn't want to get all the credit for it. It He didn't want to get proud about it or arrogant. It could be that, He wondered if the dream was too big and audacious that he didn't want to tell others around it. It could be more likely that he wanted to wait for God's perfect timing and approval. But he went there to see for himself what God was doing to allow God to change his heart and mind. He took responsibility for the pain and the struggles around him. He wanted to go and see firsthand and respond to the needs before him. I read an article a few years ago that says that so often Christians know enough, they just need to respond. I was like a dagger to the heart because so often we do know what we need to do, we just actually need to respond to it. We need to love God and love our neighbour. We need to step into what God has called us into. We need to be people who stick our heads above the parapet and take a lead in the response to the brokenness in our cities and our communities. I heard about a sociological experiment a few years ago where there was 10 people in a room, well-educated, informed people. And the people behind the research told the first two people that when they were asked what the capital of France was to say Rome, if you don't know, this one's for free, the capital of France is Paris. But they said to the first person, what's the capital of France? And they said, Rome. The second person, Rome. And thereafter they saw the other individuals not say Paris, but Rome, just influenced by the first two people. Are you going to be a change bringer? Are you going to be someone who takes responsibility? Are you going to be someone who puts their head above a parapet and leads change? He wants to see the situation firsthand. He wanted to bring hope. Nehemiah took responsibility on his shoulders and led others to respond to the brokenness and the hurts and the needs within the city. And he went there and he felt the pain himself. He allowed God to speak to his heart. He allowed... The pain and the weeping to occur. We see in the verse we read in chapter one that he wept. And as he looked around the city at the decay and the challenge and the pain and the hurt, I'm sure he was sobbing. I'm sure he was just broken for what he saw around him. He went to see the and experience the pain firsthand. He wanted to allow God to speak to his heart. What's God speaking to you this year? Where is he putting opportunity upon your heart to respond to with the good news of Jesus what is he calling your community into what dreams is he placing within your community within your life within your workplace and Nehemiah responded he heard the pain and he went and responded and he gave his all to respond to the needs of the city of Jerusalem and as he did this there was obstacles we see that he faced opposition from Sambala and Tobiah There was opposition, there was challenge. There so often will be struggle as we go and respond to the call of Jesus in our life, as we actively take responsibility. Leadership at times is ugly. And we see with Nehemiah that the entrance that he forced he was meant to take wasn't available, so he had to find a new way in. God so often allows us to be sharpened through new opportunities, through the second entrance, as it were. Let's not be people who fear failure, who fear making mistakes. Let's be people who who give it a go, who are not afraid to get it wrong, who learn and grow and keep going. Nehemiah prays and fasts. He goes and actively responds despite the challenges and opposition around him. He finds the way in. he keeps going and allows God to work through him. And then he gathers a team. What starts with I finishes with we. Where there is a God-given vision, there is God-given provision. The story of Nehemiah is incredible because it's folk of all ages and stages, all giftings and trades, building the section of the wall in front of them. It really was a work of many, many people. The call of God on our church in our city is a huge one. It needs everyone to play their part. It needs everyone to be all in. And it needs all of us to realise that we're not too old, that we're not too young, that we're not unqualified. Every one of us is called into this plan if we so choose to follow Jesus and believe he has great things for Central and wants to work for each and every one of us. God's not after our ability, he's after our availability. He's after us to be bringers of hope through prayer, through action and doing it together. God's calling us into rebuilding the walls of the city. That's what we've prayed into. That's what we've felt led as the elders and senior team in the church. We feel called in this city to partner with God to rebuild the walls of Edinburgh. When there's so much brokenness and hurt and struggle around us, when there is so much despair, as we said earlier, we want to rebuild the walls in our city. We want to prioritise maturity. This isn't about how much you know or how intelligent you are. It's about dependence On God. The motto of our city, you likely know, is "Unless the Lord builds a city, they that build it labour in vain." We need to have a maturity, a depth of intimacy with God. I hope that when we return from lockdown, we see that our faith has grown. Yes, it's hard. Yes, it's challenging. But to be people who have got deeper roots in God. What does it mean for us to be people who are ever growing closer to God? To be people of maturity, people of prayer. Nehemiah was a cupbearer, which was a, a role which was chosen because of his character, because of his integrity, because of his maturity. Before we do anything else, we need to be investing in ever growing relationship with God. God wants to place huge dreams in our hearts. He wants to be able to trust that we can carry those and we have maturity and character to handle that. And then we're called to journey with God in community. We're called to do this discipleship together in small communities. We're called to be a family of communities on mission. Discipleship is hard, but we're not meant to do it alone. We're meant to encourage one another, stir one another up, to spur one another on, to sharpen each other in community and to also reach for needs in our localities in our city and to reach the needs of sharing the good news of Jesus to those who don't have a hope of God in their life. There's 82,100 people in our city who are broken and likely to be in poverty in spring 2021. That's what the the research says. There's many, many more who don't know the love of Jesus and we have an opportunity as a family of communities on mission to respond to very real needs. Are we going to meet the material needs? Are we going to respond through different initiatives to meet the very obvious needs of poverty and hurt and brokenness and loneliness and anxiety? And are we going to be hope bearers to tell people about the good news in Jesus? Are you able as a community to run an alpha course? Are you able to invite people to an alpha course? Are you able to share Jesus to your neighbours? You see, the thing is, if we don't share the hope we have in Jesus, then who will? The government won't, the schools won't. It's our God-given privilege and responsibility to share Jesus. We want to, across this city, be communities of hope. And we're considering what it looks like to have hubs of hope. We'll probably call it something different. But at Central Hall right now, we've got soul food. We've got the cafe when it reopens. We've got cap counselling. We've got the food bank. lots of different things going on. The clothes bank. And there's so much good stuff happening there. But we want to be a place that pulls together community that brings together hospitality, that brings together meeting the very material needs of individuals in our city and we want to see communities at the heart of that serving the different contexts they're in. We want to have other hubs where we partner with churches across the city to meet, to hear the needs and respond to the needs just as Nehemiah did, to be people of prayer, to be people of hope, to be beacons of hope across this city. What does it look like for us individually as communities, as a church in this season, to be people of maturity, to be people in community, people who reach the last, the least and the lost and people who share the good news in Jesus. I wanna finish by sharing a story that was this morning actually, where I was at Morton Hall, which is my second home during the pandemic and the coffee hut was there. So I was chatting to a lady behind it and chatting to her and she said, but she was listening to a podcast I said, oh, that's interesting. I listen to podcasts. Mine are always the ones about Christianity. I thought I'd use that as an opening. She said, oh, that's really interesting. She said, why is that? I said, well, I actually work for a church. She said, which church? She said Central Hall. She said, is that the church which is the beautiful building in Tolcros?" I was like, yeah, it is. It's incredible. And then she said, oh, I love that building. I often, my partner often draws pictures of it. I thought, wow, it's fascinating. She said, I'd love to get involved in helping the needs of the city in this time that's so bleak. And she gave me her email address. More and more we're going to have opportunity to share our faith, to be bringers of hope, to be beacons of hope. That was a simple opportunity just to stand up and put my head above a parapet, to be a bringer of hope, to share the good news I have with that individual over a coffee. What does it look like for each of us to take responsibility and to do this in communities, as a family of communities on mission? There's so much desperation in our city right now. But we have hope and peace and joy because we know Jesus and we have the privilege of sharing it to those around us. It's estimated there's a pandemic every hundred years. It's crazy when you look at history. And the first pandemic that the early church experienced, there was brokenness and hurt and many, many deaths. And the cities fled, but the Christians remained. And what happened was not only as they were nursing the sick and meeting the needs of those in poverty, did they find that their life expectancy was far greater than their non-Christian counterparts. But they also saw the church grow exponentially despite the pandemic, despite the heartache and the brokenness and the hurt around them. Because they remained as beacons of hope, because they remained as people who wanted to build hope in a city which was desperate, they saw God's work miraculously through his people. Let me ask us. In 20, 30, 50 years, are people going to look back and say that that pandemic, that hardship that the city of Edinburgh went through was incredible because the church grew exponentially and the people of God stepped up. Now is our time, folk. Let's step up. Let's respond. Let's invest in our relationship with God. Let's be bringers of hope. Let's go after all he's calling us into. Let's be all in at Central.